You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome, family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling. I'm your host, Casey Corbin, and thank you for joining me on the show today. But before we get to the show, let's get to those social medias that you need to hit us up on. On the Twitter account, I see it's rising. The Twitter is rising. So hit us up on the Twitter at TNWPod. On uh, Instagram, those numbers are always moving up. Thank you very kindly for that. Uh, Instagram is uh, Talking Wrestling Podcast at Instagram. Uh, you can send us a Gmail at talkingwrestling at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook at Facebook backslash Talking Wrestling, where all the current episodes are up on there as well. Also, don't forget, if you're on the iTunes, to leave us a five-star review and our five-star rating and a review, and we will send you a postcard from the 80s of a wrestler. We will track you down. We will ask you what wrestler you want. We will give you an option. You will pick one, and that poster will come in the mail the old-fashioned way, not electronically. So that is something you want because it's cool. When's the last time somebody sent you a postcard? Wish you were here. Oh my God, wish you were here from the Iron Sheik. I don't even know where he is. You think he's in jail. Who knows? But that would be a great thing to have. Now, this past week, we had a great week here on the show. Talking Wrestling was a host for our House of Hardcore in Napanee, Ontario. Tommy Dreamers, Indie Production. Uh, I got to tell you, the show was fantastic. Unfortunately, I wanted to bring you some interviews and uh, do some interviews with various wrestlers. And here's the thing, I had full access. I was in the dressing room, but I'm out of my element. I'm gonna admit it, this podcast is still very new to me. I still get very nervous when I'm talking to wrestlers. And uh, I was really nervous about being around the wrestlers in their dressing room. And I was actually nervous about going up and bothering them and asking them questions, which is what I was supposed to be doing. I ended up just giving them all my card and asking them if they wanted to come on the show, to get a hold of me and come on the show. I really pussied out. And I want to apologize to fans for that. Uh, these are issues I have to deal with. It's amazing. I'm a stand-up comedian. I can go in any room without knowing anyone in any situation, get on stage, and make people laugh. And that's not a problem. But to talk one-on-one with a wrestler that uh, I used to emulate in college... Oh, that's a tough one. I, hopefully, I will get better at this podcast and get better at these interviewing techniques and these things as we go along so I can bring you better broadcasting. I, I became a sponsor of the show, so I get these interviews. I brought you Tommy Dreamer and RJ City. I was very grateful to get those interviews, uh, but I could have got more. It's just I failed. I didn't get the job done, and I feel bad about that. So I apologize to you, the listeners, that uh, might have wanted to hear about the great card that was there in Napanee. Uh, badass Billy Gunn, so entertaining. Willie Mack, that guy's got a frog splash like you wouldn't believe. He's like a mini junkyard dog. Uh, the squad, those guys, the spirit squad, they should be feuding with the New Day right now. They're so entertaining. So much great talent on that show and uh, so entertaining. Uh, I just wish I could have did a better job uh, with my sponsorship. Um, in the end, I got a great poster and I got every wrestler that was there to sign it and I uh, put it up on my wall 
and my roommate Jeff McHenry said, oh, what's that? And I said, that's uh, that's $500 right there on the wall. Uh, that's what that is. <laughs> and, uh, and that's my story of this week's House of Hardcore. Fantastic. You can watch it on Twitch. That's why I'm not going in depth on all the matches. I don't want to spoil them. Check it out. House of Hardcore on Twitch. House of Hardcore 44 from Napanee, Ontario. It's their only Canadian stop this year. Don't you dare miss it. Now, with that said, I've got a show this Sunday night with the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock, and uh, the guys that are bringing him to town are with me right now from Brickworks Entertainment. I got David Andrew Brent, and I got Dan Rice with me, guys. How are you guys doing? Welcome to the show. Welcome to Talking Wrestling. Thanks, Thanks for man. How are you? Great, great. Well, aside from the, the defeat of this weekend, you know, I'm doing pretty good. I love how you were starting off talking about it. I was like, oh, I was so nervous to meet all these wrestlers. And I'm sitting here like, he doesn't even know. But like when I first started doing comedy and I first met you, I was like, I can't talk to that guy. He's too cool. I was like, <laughs> he's, had, he's, had, he's had comedy now specials. And for us in Canada, like that's, that's a pretty massive thing. Uh, it doesn't exist anymore. But like back in the day, it was great. And I remember when I first met you, I was like, I don't know if this guy has resting B-A-T-C-H face or if he's just like in the zone right now. I'll just leave him alone. And then when I first started talking to you i was like oh this guy's like a i hate to say teddy bear but i was like he's like a big teddy bear and then i find out that everyone's yeah. lovingly got a, a nice little term for you they call you a cubby i was like yeah uh, yeah. yeah i was like okay that, that perfectly perfectly explains you and i was like how are you nervous meeting these guys i was like i guess anyone gets nervous when they meet the i was overwhelmed by how big billy gunn was I've got pictures with Stone Cold. I've got pictures with uh, the British Bulldog. These are guys that I thought, with Bret Hart, These are, uh, the British Bulldog I thought was a big, massive man, and he was a big, massive man. But when you're standing next to Billy Gunn, I'm 286 feet. I'm not a small person. Billy Gunn makes me look tiny. I need him everywhere I go. Did you feel like you were like, you wanted to jump in his arms and be like, hold me? <laughs> no, 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 no. He's okay. no RJ City, please. <laughs> you know, you can have a, you can have the biggest crust on RJ City. I'll tell you that right now. He's such a splendid individual. But badass Billy Gunn, one of the things was he walks into the green, the, the green room, the dressing room. And the first thing he goes, is like, I am so tired. I don't want to be bothered by anyone. And at that point, I had all my recording equipment and ready and I was getting ready to interview Billy Gunn and I was like <laughs> yeah, you, you revert from that the the man that you are and then you turn back into that like 10 year old and you're like but I'm holding all my toys I just wanted I just wanted to talk for uh. oh yeah exactly but I got some good videos and I got a picture with them it was funny when I was getting the picture of the poster of the of the hardcore poster signed from everyone I was going up and saying I'm one of the sponsors, and can you sign this? Because otherwise you have to pay for each autograph. So I'm saying I'm one of the sponsors. And the Spirit Squad's like, really? Can you give us proof? I'm like, well, how about if I can match the logo on the poster with the logo on my shirt and the logo that's on my card? <laughs> <laughs> if we get three logos, can we have a winner? Yeah. Like, 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 no, we need a fifth. <laughs> but he was like, you wouldn't believe how many people try to scam in and get those free autographs and everything. And I was like, oh, I know. I see Dave Martin do it at every show you guys have. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I don't know how he got in. Davey actually. Martin. Oh. I love it. Like, Davey, if you're listening, I love you to death. But uh, every now and then I'll, I'll, I'll get Sean up at Absolute. 
dude, he'll come in and be like, ah, yeah, is it, yeah, is it, is it okay if I let, 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 let this guy in? And, uh, oh, Sean, I'm sorry. That's, that's what you sound like to me. I'm like, <laughs> that's a pretty, that's a pretty like, yeah, fair uh, example. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is it, is, uh, uh, is it okay if I, if I, if I let that guy in? And I'm like, yeah, it's Dave Martin. That's, that's, uh, I guess that's, uh, he's already in, so it's okay. But Dave, you got to, you got to start paying. He's already buddy. in. He's at the back. You know, you know, uh, <laughs> 20 years ago when I started comedy in Ottawa, uh, Sean McKiernan was, or, or he was one of the comedians. Yeah. And he went by Sean Patrick. And he was a Wednesday night regular in Ottawa. He was a regular comic that I saw like every week at the club, mm-hmm. hanging out. And he was doing comedy. And then he moved to Toronto. And everybody's like, how's he doing in Toronto? And he ended up in a Canadian tire commercial. Like, He's doing great. Yeah. yeah we, didn't, we didn't know how he was doing. People heard rumors like, I heard he went on 38th on a showcase for Breslin and killed it. You know, but. Uh, oh, God, those showcases. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine what it was like. Yeah, I, rem- I remember. Yeah, the first time I met Sean, I was like, this guy, is this an act? What's going on? And he was just, I found him hilarious. It was great. But, yeah, Dave Martin, you got to start paying, buddy. <laughs> but the other thing, going back to, like, people trying to get stuff out of, like, we've only done a handful of shows promoting the the tours like the tour stops in toronto and that's what you do bricks works well you promote many shows you do many shows in comedy mm-hmm. uh you have a great one coming up on the 23rd of uh, june i do believe is yes that what it is? yes we do yeah, we have this headliner we're a little uh, iffy on but we thought we'd take a chance so well uh, yeah i uh, i don't know who it is uh, it's me <laughs> thank you um on the hot list i've never been on anybody's hot list before so i'm very excited to be on a hot list well we've been getting a lot of people well not a lot of people but a handful of people have been like so you call it the hot list, but like a lot of these comics, they uh, I'm like, don't even finish your sentence, you jerk. They think we're like saying like we're the attractive list, but I'm like, oh, they're no, thinking that you're the, all the. Yeah. Ho- all they th- I had a feeling that would happen. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh okay. Yeah, this isn't the attractive list. These are these are the hot comics. Yeah, like and these hot, are. So that went way over. I am the heads. proof we that cerebral. it's a hot comic, not a hot list. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's some hot comedy. Yeah. Well, you know what? If that's how I have to be used, well, then the, I have to set precedent, and I'm happy with that. It, it's literally. I was. A, I was a huge fan years ago of like taking a comic who's like a, not even a year in, but has like five minutes. Yeah. And they've been doing it every night for like six months. Mm-hmm. And you can see like if you can just give them like the thought in their head that like you'll perform in front of a hundred or two hundred or three hundred people three months from now, but I want you to go out and take that set and make it better and better and better. When they show up, they'll have something that you can put on TV and it doesn't, you won't even notice that they are like less than two years into doing comedy, like that kind of thing. So for us, it was kind of like, let's take the people that have like a really hot chunk of material right now. And it doesn't matter where you are, whether you're two months in or whether you're like 25 years in, we're just going to bring you in if you got some hot stuff. Well, I think that's too, too, is uh, you want to like, when you first start out, your whole focus should just be trying to get that first seven minutes down. And in, in, in trying to get the best seven minutes possible, by the time you're done writing that perfect seven minutes and you get it down, you'll realize that you've written seven great minutes, but you've also written probably about 10 other good minutes around it that's not as great as the seven. Yeah. Because you're always pulling pieces in and pulling pieces out to replace it and replace it and make, make each joke and each link of the change uh, strong. You know, I, I just think that's the process of, of, of writing, you know, is uh, focusing on that seven minute set. Yeah, it really and, is a, a big part you know, of of like your your formative years, I think. And even like if you if you're still like say you're ten years plus in, it's like 
you should still be doing it no matter what. Like I, uh, Ron Jossel is a great example. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime I've ever seen him come back to the city, I've seen the same set again and again and again, but it's just, he's working it out. He's got to do it. He's got to stay sharp, you know? you know? And it's like, if, if you're a younger comic and you want to know how to do that stuff, just pay attention when these people go up. It's, it's really funny because it's like sometimes a comic told me one time, he said, if a joke's older than three years, you should throw it away. And I said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. If you had a baby after three years, would you throw it away? <laughs> You've given life to something on stage. It has a life of its own. Let it grow. Well, Let it become its own. Depends you on know? How, how PC that baby might be. You know, and well, you know, it's just ridiculous. Like, if you are a wrestler and you learn all these moves, you're going to not doing those moves, moves anymore. Well, no, but that's the thing. Eventually, the older you get, you're going to have to change your way of wrestling to not drop to your knees every two minutes so you know let's uh you now you're kicking a guy in the head rather than uh, oh. doing a pile driver yep you know you have to adjust your body and adjust things but you don't drop moves you know you, you always have them there because you never know yeah, when you just you're get better over out. time i was gonna say like what i love what you just touched on about like you know as we age and as the rest you know these guys are they're killing themselves the one thing i've loved since we started doing the shows is you see these guys they're walking in and they've got giant smiles on their faces but you see the pain in their knees and you see them hobbling in but the all of them Except can, for Ricky Steamboat. And, oh, yeah. No, Rick, oh, my Ricky, <laughs> he is like a hands for a week after the show. My girlfriend kept being like, he is such a handsome man. And <laughs> I was actually like, I'm getting a little emasculated right now. I feel like I should do working like some push-ups. And she's like, you should. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. He's Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And he's in fantastic shape. Outstanding. And he's Outstanding. in his 60s. Yeah. Yeah. But like, the thing I love is like the second, and, and for this kind of setting, they're just getting up there and they're telling you their life story and they're just taking you through like the beginning up until now. But you can see when they're up there, they don't feel any of the pain. It's all gone. And that, that performer that we all love yes. has arrived. And then we get to buckle up and just sit there and, and it's, it's just been great. I think the best person at that is uh, Mick Foley. When Mick Foley, you see him in the back, he's barely moving. Well, Mick, yeah, he's not Mick Foley necessarily now because he's lost a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. But Mick Foley from maybe about five to six years ago when he was heavy set and he could not tie his shoes yep. and he had very trouble moving around. But his music hits, he gets it up and he does that strut to the ring and he gets on there and he performs for his time. And he doesn't look in pain at all. I'll tell you a good story about that. So the first show that we did uh, with the wrestlers was with Jake the Snake Roberts. Mm -hmm. Jake arrived in the city early. We did the meet and greet and stuff uh, before the show. And he was was tired and he was uh, was pretty worn down. He was moving pretty slowly. Yeah. But same thing. The second the intro came, he was just up and on stage and jumping around. And he was he was so energetic. It was amazing. And then the second he got off stage, he almost collapsed. Yeah. The, he just left it all out there. They're, they're performers. They're I, I amazing. I was uh, hosting that show. And I remember this was like my first time coming out to a wrestling audience. And I was like, what better like anointment to be like welcomed by a wrestling crowd than when you get announced and you come out, everyone just goes, boo. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I can't do jokes. I'll just get right to my Arnold Schwarzenegger impression, win them over, and then I'll just introduce him. Yeah, I remember After that the too. show... Exactly what Dan was saying. After the show, I was expecting, you know, that he was going to step backstage, like maybe count for 30 seconds and then walk back out to do another like wave or whatever, encore, maybe do an extra 10 minutes or something. He was so done. 
He came out and walked down the stairs at Second City in Toronto and got on the couch and he was like, I'm done. I'm like, Jake, they're standing up for you. They're waiting for you. Like, I don't want to go back out there yet. And he's like, and he was just like, Ugh. he was done. And then he, he literally started passing out while I was there. I'm like, okay, I have to go tell a whole sold out theater that he's not coming back for the, just, yeah. just give him like 10 minutes or something like that. And I had to go back out and I got booed again. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what the, and I had to tell him like, this isn't a joke. I'm sorry. He's so tired he's not coming back i was like most of his matches went six minutes you just guys <laughs> put him out for an hour <laughs> like, yeah. true, true but that's that's when i, I really i had even more respect for them because like these guys are just born and bred performers now when you saw jake that was well into his tour but when you mm -hmm. saw ted and ricky mm -hmm. those were like their second shows ever so Isn't that crazy once we did the jake show we wanted to definitely do more of these so we yeah. reached out and, and there were more available so we took them and yeah uh, ted's show that he did for us was actually his second show yeah ever i was i was on both those shows and i did not know until after he told like till he told me in detroit when i later had him on the podcast mm -hmm. He was like, no, no, oh no, I wasn't on your TED show, but I was on the TED show in uh, in Ottawa, the first yeah. one, because yeah. Ryan got sick, yeah, and they called me in. Was that with Howard? With Howard Wagman, yeah, because I called up Howard. I didn't know who was running the show or whatever and whatnot. I just said to Howard, I was like, hey, Howard, I'm in town, and I wanted to know that if the million dollar man would like a hundred dollar opener. You know, and uh, <laughs> and because Howard, you know, Howard, uh, you know, doesn't pay as well as you guys, and uh, you know, so don't, don't let that out. Yeah, right. So he's like, he goes, he goes, um, nope, the million dollar man wouldn't like a hundred dollar opener, but he says that you can drop by if you like, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> so yeah, you know, yeah, Ted and then, was great. Ted yeah, was great. I, I don't know, I have, I haven't really met Howard, but I was like, I should go out there and see if I could maybe work at that club and now i'm like i don't know if i should go work at that club <laughs> no he's he's uh, he's well he's he's uh, he's a booker he's howard and uh he's a good guy i've only ever heard great things about howard and uh yeah well you know he there are a lot of great things about howard and that's a that's a good thing norm mcdonald mentions him in his book which is funny tom green mentions him in his book which is funny so you know these are all guys that came up in that same club that i came up in Besides uh, Ted, we had Ricky Steamboat, mm -hmm. and you had Jake the Snake, mm -hmm. and um, Hacksaw. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yep. Yeah, that was an interesting show. Yeah, that was good. During the, the worst ice storm I've seen in many, many years. But yeah, Gannon Ockway didn't even get their show because their, their building flooded. So, I did hear that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah I, was coming, I had to, to drive. I had a gig in Sudbury. Oh, that's crazy, yeah. Um, on Saturday, our show we ran on a Sunday, so... On Thursday, Friday, I was messaging the promoter up in Sudbury. I was like, hey, uh, could we maybe postpone to next weekend? I know the venue like isn't typical comedy. They're just yeah. having a show. Um, this is going to be a really bad storm. And they were like, no, no, we're not, we're not going to shift it. I was like, all right, fair enough. It's a three and a half, four hour drive. And it took us eight hours to do the drive going 40 from Toronto all the way up to Sudbury, like the whole entire way. And then I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get back. So I got up real early. I got a speeding ticket on the way back because I was like, I want to beat the snow. The cop was like, yeah, I know you're just trying to beat the snow, but there you go. We get here and I'm like, 
this is amazing. I hadn't even met Hacksaw yet. I'm walking past him in the hallway and he just looks at me. He's like, hello, brother. Hey, man. How you <laughs> the doing? Nicest, the nicest man. Such a yeah. sweetheart. And he just like, he looks, he, when he cracks that smile on his face, I'm like, okay, this makes total sense. This guy's a genuine human being. He's really great. Yeah, and he didn't, really nice. he didn't know who I was yet at that point. No. Nothing. He was just saying hello to another human being. I was like, that guy's great. He was. And uh, I did the first show. It took me like two and a half hours to drive to Fergus, which is an hour and a bit drive in the t- worst weather conditions. And the show was great. And then I got into the next night with you guys. And then I got the riot act from uh, from his <laughs> wife, that was his funny. manager. She pulled me in and she gave me trouble for uh, telling wrestling stories at a wrestling show. And she said, uh, he does the wrestling. You do the comedy. I'm like, but if I do comedy... It's going to be way better than the wrestling stories, like, because I'm way better at comedy than wrestling, you know? And I was worried, and I was like, but then I was sort of, like, kind of miffed, because, you know, I like telling my rap. I've, well, I've developed this act of wrestling jokes and wrestling stories that I've pertained from having this podcast and interviewing talent, and I want to tell them live, and I want to tell them to a wrestling base of fans that get the references, it's like uh, if you go on the road and, okay, like, let's say a Jerry D in Canada. He's a big star. He was on Last Comic Standing in the States. He has a show up here in Canada called Mr. D. He's a big star. He plays theaters. If you're going to Jerry D's concert, you're going to see Jerry D, and then an unknown person by Casey Corbin comes out and has the best 25-minute set of his life. The minute Jerry D comes on stage, you forget about it because you're there for Jerry D. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how her, like, how she doesn't realize that. It doesn't matter what stories I tell, whether they're wrestling stories or comedy stories or stories about my own stories about Hacksaw Jim Duggan for 15 minutes. It doesn't matter because the minute he comes on stage and says, hey, everybody's cheering and everybody's forgotten who the hell I am. Yeah, or not even that. You could just start playing their intro music if it's getting played. (laughs) Oh, yeah, exactly. And his intro music is great. (laughs) It was was pretty funny, though, because we were on the show and there was like a, a blue like the, the first night the guy this had all these sponsors and he made up these t-shirts and uh it was great i had a t-shirt with hacksaw jim duggan it was a baby blue shirt it was really nice and then uh i went and i, I had you know i did some things and then i came back and when hacksaw is on stage he's wearing the exact same baby blue shirt i was like oh that's great and then i go backstage and I'm like my, where's my baby blue he's wearing my baby blue shirt <laughs> And I got a black one. I'm like, of course he likes blue. That's all he's worn his entire career. Yeah. And now I'm stuck with a black one. No. But I look uh, pretty. I look pretty good in the black one. I will say that. It's all that matters. Um. Shamrock yeah, is coming in. That's who you guys have this time. Yeah. Yep. This Sunday. That's. Uh, it's looking to be a really good show in a really cool venue. We're pretty excited. Yeah, the venue we've got is the uh, the Rec Room in Toronto. Kind of like a. I don't want to say undercard. I don't know if that's the the right way. To, it's a newer venue that's in the city. It's like a Chuck E. Cheese for adults, really. Well, that sounds like that's, ideal. That's not a good way. <laughs> is it a big arcade? It's, it's a big arcade. It's, it's a huge arcade. It's a lot of fun. And in the uh, at the back of the venue, they have a, a show space. Oh, uh, that doubles during the day as a restaurant. So oh, that's fantastic. It's, it's it's actually a really amazing space. We're we're pretty yeah. Happy it was it was surprising. Like when I saw pictures of it online, uh, the pictures did not do any justice for what the space looks like. It's yeah. got a nostalgic it's feel really to well it. Done. It's at the Roundhouse, down at the south end of the <laughs> Sky Dome. <laughs> yeah, it's literally 
right across the street from the CN Tower. Yeah. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So I'm super stoked on that, and everybody there that we've been dealing with so far has just been fantastic. I'm yeah. Super. Stoked. The staff's great. The venue's great. We're so excited for this show. Yeah. Now you, I've noticed uh, on the past shows. You've brought some pretty good memorabilia yourself to get signed. Uh, <laughs> I have nothing for Ken. <laughs> but, but but doesn't matter. But you've, you, I, I can tell that you're a long-time wrestling fan. Very long time, yeah. Uh, who are your favorites growing up? So I had the obvious ones of uh, Hogan and Savage, Piper. Uh, those are like my top three. For some reason, I really liked King Kong Bundy. No uh, eyebrows. No, that's true. No eyebrows and the five count. It was all about the five count. Uh, the thing with no eyebrows... When Bundy would pin someone and they kick out, he was never surprised. He always, <laughs> he always had a I never, stern, I never actually thought about that. But he yes, always had true. a stern look of confidence on his face. Like even when he was getting beat up, he wasn't surprised someone was beating up a guy that's four hundred and sixty-eight pounds. Maybe that was intentional. <laughs> no, yeah, but, but no, I just when I was when I was a kid, I just loved wrestling. I used to go to all the uh, the house shows at uh, Maple Leaf Gardens all the time. Uh, my parents used to take me. It was the best. I was so emotionally involved. Like, I was I just, well, obviously, I believed it was real. Yes. And that these heroes were larger than life and everything was great. I actually wanted to tell Hacksaw when he was here, but I forgot that he was the reason that I realized that wrestling was fake. You're not the first person that's told me that. People, when they, people hear that I have a wrestling podcast, mm-hmm. this has happened three times to me where people come up to me and said, You know, when I knew when wrestling was fake, that day. And I bet you know the day I'm talking about. It's the day Kayfabe died. That's, that's it's the one. A, it's the day Hacksaw Jim Duggan and the Iron Sheik got caught in the same car with a pile of coke and, and, and the marijuana. I was very young at the time. I had to have been maybe, I don't know, 10 or 11. And I remember going to my mother and asking her, like, they're enemies. How is this possible? Why, are, why is this? Why did this happen? And I was just so, I, I think I was crying. It was, yeah, those, those, were, those were good times. That's pretty much like finding... You're looking for Christmas gifts, and you find Santa's entire outfit in your dad's closet. <laughs> That's exactly like, what, is, it. what is going on with this? That was that was a tough time, but I still enjoyed it. After that, I still went to the uh, I still went to the shows. I have a lot of the original cards from back in those days. They don't have the dates on them, which is weird. But yeah, but yeah, those those were good times. What I about what about you, Dave? For me, uh, full disclosure, like with Dan and I here, he's the the super wrestling fan. Um, my wrestling, like I when I grew up, uh, I was born in '81, so for me it was like you know uh, like Hulk Hogan, obviously, uh, the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. I'm I know I, I can make full sentences right now, uh, but when I was a kid, I was really weird. <laughs> um, and I would, I would like make, sa- I would hear a seagull and I would just try to go like, Ka-ka-ka, like try to make seagull sounds and yeah. not, not talk to people. So when I saw the ultimate warrior, I was just immediately like, look at those biceps. Yeah. And then listen to that. What is he saying? I, I immediately drawn to him. And I think it was just his frenetic, crazy, silly energy. Um, he was a big one for me. Jake, the snake, obviously, uh, Roddy Piper, just cause he was Scottish. I'm Scottish as well. Uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that was like kind of the era for me. I have to put Warrior on my list too. Yeah, no, Warrior for did me. You, did you go so to WrestleMania 6? I did. I went to WrestleMania 6. My mom got last minute tickets. We sat up in the 500 level. With your mom? With my mom. Oh, that's awesome. My, well, that's my moms, parents used to always take me because I was really young at the time. Wrestling moms. Yeah, they were. Great she was, oh, I thought she you were going to say I was an only child. I was like, did you have a sibling? And you've No, I'm anymore? still an only child. I know. I know. But anyway, yeah, so I went to, the, went to the dome. We sat in the 500 level. I remember every match. It was amazing. And. I, I don't know what it is about wrestling, but I also cried when Hogan lost. 
but I was I was happy at the same time. It was sort of a conflicting emotions. Like I was very he, des- he deserves it, but why? <laughs> I was so upset. Like, I could not believe when the warrior kicked out. Yeah, that was like, that was one of those shock moments. Like I can't believe that just happened. He's gonna win. What's happening in the world? <laughs> they said everybody was so surprised in the back including King Kong Bundy, they could tell. Really? Yeah, the strain <laughs> on his face. That's funny. Nobody thought that Hogan would do the job. Not even Hogan. That's why he didn't want to leave the ring when yeah. he lost. Yeah. He milked that and sad dog, puppy dog, Hogan faced it. Like, he never, he yeah, hates losing. I, he I hates that. losing. But it was, it was his time. And I remember that the match went on a fairly long time. And despite it being kind of cold, they were sweating like crazy. And I loved of, it. I thought that all was of Warriors, best match. Yep. All of Warriors makeup was off. It yeah. was it was crazy. That was, a, that was a really good time. That's when you realize how great of a wrestler Hogan was. Especially if you go back and you watch it today. You know, Hogan, like the Warriors winded 10 minutes in. Yeah. And then you got to go another 15. Yeah. And so you see Hogan really carry, you know, a guy who's not that great of a wrestler through a match when Hogan needed to be a good wrestler. He mm-hmm. was a good wrestler. He, cause he knew the psychology. He knew what he had to do and to go this length of time, which Hogan was not used to going 25 minutes. Hogan's matches were 10 minutes at the most. Yep. There used to be a show on YouTube called last call with Scott Hall. And, uh, and so basically what it was, was Scott Hall would sit there and watch matches with Larry Zabisco and, uh, they would commentate and talk through the matches as you were watching it with them. And one of the matches, he's like, look at Hulk, look at my boy Hulk, look at him lean on that warrior. Look at that. He's like, warriors like maxed out, maybe two forty. Look at Hulk, bro. Six foot six, 300 pounds, just on top of Warrior. Warrior's heavy breathing. It's just, it's so, I could watch, like, I wish Scott Hall was with me to watch all wrestling because he's so good and he's got i like i'm a voice actor so like hey yo yeah like hey yo like the voices that come out of some of these guys i'm just sitting there like this is gold i could i don't need to need to watch the match i could just listen to some of them talk and i'm like like jesse ventura i can't can't do an impression of him but listen bud like i don't know i don't don't even know who that sounds like but i hear his voice in my head it's like uh, pain pain what is it it was a predator quote don't have time to bleed yeah it's like don't have time to bleed let me just put this he always sounds like he has something like in the right back now of he his sounds throat. Like Kate Trevor Wilson a little, a little bit. Well, no, he does. That's that's actually the thing is Kate Trevor. Kate and- Trevor sounds a little like Jesse Ventura at times. <laughs> How's it going, guys? I'm here to do a drywall quote. Sorry, that's. But I Trevor. think Ventura sounds more like this McMahon. You know, yeah. Jane, nobody has a better Jesse Ventura than James Adomian. The oh Canadian my God, that guy's hilarious. The most amazing. I was with him one night at the Underground. Him and Roy Scovel, and we were there for, during JFL 42, and. uh he was going off. I said, can you just please do some Jesse Ventura? He's like, well, we rocked the Omni in Atlanta, McMahon, back in 81. Yeah. And he, I, I don't even know where I went there. That was not. That started out, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But not even close. But he, I like the way he says, McMahon. Ha ha, McMahon. He's so good. He was one of the best commentators. I loved him. Yeah. But, Saturday Night's uh, main event was uh, they, oh, he I, left that was Sa- my favorite. He left second season, and they said, "Vince, you need to get Jesse Ventura back because we're not doing it without him." <laughs> <laughs> that was a great show. I love that show. Oh, actually, speaking of that, because um, you you saw all the stuff that I brought to the shows, I also went to the uh, the big event. Yeah, tell us about that. Oh man! So again, my mom. 
got me uh got some tickets and so these tickets they were very i don't know if you remember exhibition stadium it was it was literally a baseball park yeah yeah and so they right over there you can actually see yeah, where it was see where it was yeah and so the ring was pretty much around outfield around second base and we were at our seats were on the floor but right at the dugout where all of the the wrestlers came out yeah. So I was at the gate at the door when they're all coming out, and it was like the best time ever. It rained at some point, but I didn't care. And they it didn't have freezing coverage. cold. I think it was like seven o'clock. Yeah. No, it was. It was in the evening, and it was in September, and it was cold, and it was raining, and I didn't care because it was the best. Uh, it was a Ricky Steamboat, Jake the Snake, uh, Snake Pit match. Yeah. That was a great match, and actually, I remember that was also the match with the machines. Yes. And that's when you really understood the size of Andre the Giant. Well, when you put him towards the other machines? No, when you put him next to me. When he's walking oh. by me. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, when you, you're you're just a kid and you're looking up and your neck is, like, craned all the way back. Like, Well, there's no actual holy proof crap. that that was Andre the Giant. It was, it was all hypothetical, of course. It was the giant but machine. if it was Andre the Giant, he was massive. Yes. He was a very, very large man. What was he, like 600 pounds, like 7 feet? 507, The giant, seven, the seven giant machine, <laughs> if it was Andre the Giant. <laughs> if. Five, only one. Five, yeah, he, he was, a, where were they from? Japan, with a Japan. heavy French accent. Well, <laughs> they, they were from Japan, and uh, the other two machines were... Uh, Blackjack Mulligan right. was, in a, was the other one. It was this uh, giant machine. No, giant machine, super machine, and big machine. No, big machine was Mulligan. Super machine was superstar, the mass superstar, who would later become mm. a member of Demolition Axe. Uh. Demolition Axe. So hmm. those were the machines. And they were wrestling. Who were they wrestling? Bundy, Stud, and Patera probably, yep. or Heenan maybe. Yeah, I think it was one of those matches. And then actually the was the main event for that match for that night was Hogan and Orndorff, Hogan and Orndorff which was a great match. The build up to that match was another thing. I remember being glued to the TV when when Orndorff turned. Yeah, I could like, not believe it. I, I can't believe they just they're friends. What happened there? Well, uh, I'll tell you what happened. Hulk Hogan was working out. The phone was ringing. Hulk Hogan's too busy to answer phone when he's hanging and banging with the weights with the dumbbells. <laughs> and uh, he didn't accept Orndorff's call and Orndorff got all mad. And that's what happened. They got all, that's, uh, ex- that's all it takes. That's all it that's takes. Back then, didn't he understand? Call. He was in the gym. He yeah. should understand yeah. that. If anybody would understand it, it would be Mr. Mr. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yep. But no, Mr. Wonderful cheats in the gym. He cheats. So, <laughs> no, uh, that's, that's true. He's not so and wonderful. No, no, he wasn't. And then and Paul, Mr. Wonderful, Wonderful started coming into Hulk Hogan's uh, "The Real American Song." Mm-hmm. Yeah, he started. He started doing all Hogan's stick. <laughs> he was just asking for it. Yeah, and we know where this would all end up eventually. Uh, the cage match on Saturday night's main event, where you know both of them landed at the same time, which they're still doing today. They did in the big of the the largest Royal Rumble there not too long ago. Yep, Roman Reigns versus um, versus in the cage against uh, Roman Reigns against Brock Lesnar, and he put him through the cage, mm-hmm. and both of them landed at the same time. And like, who do we give it to? Like. In my head, I'm like, do they do what they do on like American Idol and turn to the audience for casting their votes <laughs> you, by a text message or what something? What do you think? <laughs> well, the audience is uh, allowed to be vocal at any point and mm. then they want in any show. Not in our shows that we do at the club. No, wait till the question and answers. But that's the great thing about wrestling is you can heckle as much as you want. Oh, I loved... 
I forget the name of the show, but it was at the, oh, it's on Brunswick Street, uh, just south of Bloor in Toronto. I'm uh, forgetting the name of the venue. Um, do you remember it offhand? Or? I don't know. I'm not quite sure. Brunswick Street. I know where Brunny Street is, where the Brunny House was. There was a wrestling event there maybe six or seven years ago. Hmm. Um, and my good friend Ryan McGlunna, he's like, you want to go? I was like, hell yeah. I want to experience this. And I remember, I'm not sure if you were there, but I remember like, you know, Jeff, uh, McHenry, he, he showed up yeah. and a few other comics that I had yet to really like get to actually know. And I was like, we're not really going to hang out and talk shop right now. Cause we're going to go in there and scream and yell. It was the best time ever. And there was one point where they were like going to throw a wrestler over the ring and all the comics, we stood up and we were like, yeah, 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 screw you guys, throw them over here, throw them over here. And then we started, because the rest of the audience was like a little shy and they weren't sure what they should do. And we're like, we know what to do. So we just like started interacting with them. And once that started happening, the wrestlers were like, yeah, just throw me at 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 those guys. And they just chuck this guy over the ropes at all of us and just like lands in us. And I'm like, this is painful, but this is the best. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. And then for us, we're like, oh, this hurts. But then that guy gets back up and goes back in and continues going. I'm like, wow, the cardio. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I can. There's no way I could not last a whole wrestling match. It's did you ever do a few? I know a few years ago, a few um, guys went to school. Yeah, they went to school. No, I've no I've no pain threshold. I, there's no way I could even uh, take a couple bumps because if I got hurt, uh-huh, I pass out if I get severe pain. <laughs> I once got my hand ca- caught in a conveyor belt and uh, I passed out because of the pain immediately. Like as soon as they wow. took it out, I was just like, oh, boom, I was out like a light. Straight shark. Yeah. 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 And so I can't even imagine what it's like to be uh, pile dried or, or chopped or, you know, anything Oh, like to me, like what I really love about all of it, all of it is just like, like that commitment level to just, uh, I guess I would, is it fair to say their art form maybe with that? Oh yeah, of course. There's definitely an art. Yeah. Yeah, Like, so like that commitment to the art, it's literally like the sacrifice of like, you know, right now that's cool. But when I'm 60, like you're going to see it. The sacrifice, actually that's, that's reminds me of something. So when we did the Jake, the snake show, um obviously because it's our show i got all of my stuff autographed so i brought my original in perfect condition wrestlemania 6 program it it was in storage i forgot i had it and i happened to uncover it just in time i'm like oh i I still got this i'm gonna bring it so i got him to autograph it and as he saw it he's like oh i remember that night and he starts flipping through the pages and every every match had its own picture page and as he was going through it he's dead 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 that's it's like okay that's that's more just sign right here sir uh, yeah well <laughs> that would have been even weirder if you had the uh program the survivor series yes because uh, there's none of them the, the, the dead ones definitely aren't survivors at all but <laughs> hey okay so <laughs> like the way you the way you win survivor series matches now yeah is if you're actually the only one living from the 1988 survivor series <laughs> You actually, even though Brett, you lost, you won in the end. So it's true. Yeah, it's, it's true. true. How good is your health care? Yeah, <laughs> you're or, not gonna win this. But you, you really get a, an appreciation of the sacrifice that these guys uh, put themselves through, and I, I don't know why. I, it, and a lot of them say it's the roar of the crowd and uh, and all that. And I, I get that, but 
I've, I've actually only recently when we started doing these shows, I've actually gone out to a few local like indie shows. Yeah. And you see these guys just giving their all throwing themselves on the concrete floor. Just, just crazy. And they're getting what, like fifty bucks, if that. Yeah, well, you, know, you ever seen? You ever seen? Uh, you're following open micer around a three rooms in one night and watch him die every set, but yet he keeps going back. Nope. What's that all about? <laughs> well, it's the same thing. It's all about. <laughs> it's basically the gun is in your mouth. You just need less bandages. Yeah, it's at the, the end chase. of the night. Yeah, I it's guess the so. Chase. Yeah, but yeah, the, you have to have a lot of uh, a lot of respect for these guys. The stuff that they put them through and. Now, David, you worked with a WWE Hall of Famer, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, you worked with him. You worked with him in in England. Yes, that's right. And what was that like working with Arnold? (laughs) You know, the first time that uh, that I met uh, David, you know, I was looking at him and I was like, this guy. He's got such fantastic charisma, you know, this I should take him under both of my gigantic wings and I should teach him how to be me properly. You know this, it's great. It was fun. Anyways, uh, <laughs> it, it was, um, yeah, yeah I, I get to voice double and voice match Arnold and I got to meet him last year uh, working on a project in the UK. And it, it was quick. It was yeah. like, you know, all your friends and fans and people that have been watching you grow over the years are like, oh my God, I bet you spent like two weeks with them and you got to work out with them. And, and, and it was, you know, you probably had this stupendous, amazing experience. I was like, it was, but I literally got a phone call on uh, like, I think it was a Monday at four and they're like yeah cool go to the airport right now i was like what they're like you're meeting him tomorrow i was like oh okay cool and then literally um rushed home grabbed a bag i had already had a bag packed ready yeah waiting there for him it was sitting there for like a month and it was just literally grab and go to the airport got on the plane started flying i was like i'll sleep on the plane that's great the guy next to me was like now's a perfect time to start working opens up his laptop and starts like thunderously typing I'm yeah like, I'm not oh, i hate thunder typers so i was awake for 23 hours straight and then they just finally kept saying dave don't go to sleep don't go to sleep he's arriving soon we got to do this and then finally he had arrived to the location and we get to meet him we worked out with him for a bit shot some stuff for some video and I don't know if any of this has gone out because this is over in the UK, right? So yeah. there could be all this amazing stuff happening. And I'm just like, yeah, what's going on? Um, first time meeting Schwarzenegger, the door opens and you just see him like coming towards you with like a towel around him. He's like, hello, guys, how's it going? And the second he said that, I didn't freak out. I felt my vocal cords start to get a little bit deeper because you know as he's growing it just is yeah because I, uh, I normally sound like i'm up here like trying to be fantastic but then you know you start to hear that he's older he talks a little bit more like this and he gets a little slower a little bit deeper and i, I immediately started adjusting to i felt like a gear in a car my vocal cords started shifting and then i freaked out my heart started pounding a million miles an hour this is a billionaire this is a movie star this is, you know, a great business person. This is somebody you've looked up to your entire life. He's 10 feet in front of you. He's not walking up to people, like, putting out his hand. He's waiting for you to come to him. And I, immediately I was like, buddy, you've been performing for almost 20 years. You're a professional. And then I just took all that fear and I was like, 
F that out the window. I just walked right up to him and was like, Hey, how's it going? Is it great to meet me? And he just, <laughs> and he just, he shook my hand, winked at, he did, you know how guys can do that, that really cool wink and it yeah. looked, I can't do that. He did that. No, you have to be super alpha male to pull yeah, the wink. Yeah, he, he did it. And he like, he did that wink. He looked at me. He's like, Oh, you the funny guy. <laughs> it was great. And his handler, uh, the guy that was there, he's the first person that you meet before you meet Arnold. Yeah. Uh, you couldn't have had a more sweet person like that's the first like the last gate before you meet arnold is this yeah. very nice genuine sweet person and i was like if that's who's representing you this person has to be great he was absolutely amazing but arnold i know you're older than me and that you're 70 plus um i was a little surprised to see that i'm, I'm actually bigger than you <laughs> yeah no one but- believes this his calf muscles immaculate cannonballs look like roadmaps the weightlifting body has not left those calf muscles um but the rest whether he's you know he's got to do different stuff with his time yeah his body's different for sure he's an older man oh and that was the other weird thing too was seeing somebody who's been in movies and not seeing makeup on their face and you actually get to meet the person and you can see the age in their face yeah that to me was priceless to meet this man mm-hmm that was it. And it was just like, oh, you the funny guy. See, that's great that you could just go up to him because I couldn't even approach badass Billy Gunn. <laughs> and uh, I got caught. Co- I didn't. I, I, I hate to say it, but I got cocky. I was like, nope, waited my whole life to meet this man. I can talk exactly like him. There's only me and another guy named Joe Goddett who can do this yeah. and on the planet. Um, I hope Joe gets to meet him. But I'm like, nope, I'm, I'm taking this is my moment. And like, just. Took a breath and was like, hello. <laughs> Fantastic. It was great. So, Ken Shamrock on the 10th. What else do you guys got coming up? Where can we find you online? Where can we tell us a little bit about Brooks uh, Brickwork Entertainment and about yourselves? And uh, plug whatever you got going on, and then we'll get out of here. So, as you mentioned, Ken Shamrock, uh, that's... Uh this sunday the rec room so that's uh that's the one we're focused on right now after that uh, the 23rd of june at comedy bar uh we're getting back to our roots with uh, the comedy shows we're uh we're taking the summer off but we're going to come back strong in the um in the fall yeah september we're going to come back to our monthly show but we are going out to jfl this year mm-hmm. uh to in do Montreal. a bunch of the industry stuff we're going to go out awesome. there we're going to do some meet and greets uh, and just do some networking and just like I don't want to say shop for talent, but we're going to look for like, you know, people that are coming from abroad, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. It's a building year for us. Good yeah, stuff. we've been doing, we've been, we've been in business about three, three and a bit years now. Yeah. So it's time to take it to the next level for sure. Yeah. Nice. And for me, if you want, best thing to find for me is just use my Instagram. Uh, that's where I, I post typically. And if you want to hear any other voices, I'll just, uh, if you want to hear this voice, uh, let me see if I can do it. I don't know. I'm trying to do Snape, but we'll, we'll work on it. Um, yes, good morning. My name is uh, Hans Gruber. Anyways, if you want to hear uh, more impressions and stuff, David Andrew Brent, Instagram. Yeah, and the, the company's Instagram, uh, Brickworks Ent, E-N-T. All right. Um, that's, you know, we're most active there. And uh, we're already planning our next uh, wrestling show because we're addicted. Yes, so. I hear that Harry Potter will be involved. <laughs> or not. We haven't discussed that. So <laughs> Harry Potter is going to be involved. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> wicked. Uh, folks, uh, thank you for uh, letting us put a headlock on your ears. Uh, thanks for listening us to Talking Wrestling. If you've gone this far, why not give us an old subscribe, read, uh, rate, review, subscribe, five stars, postcards, get it done. I said get it done. I didn't say get it done. I said get it done. All right? Not stealing catchphrases. 
Thanks again. Have a great day. We'll see you again real soon. Bye now. Goodbye. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 